Welcome, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. It's Capital City. I'm Capital J. And this is my main man. DL Glass. In the building. Now, we told y'all last week that we were going to spend a little time talking about North Carolina musicians and the impact they've had on the world. That topic needs more research. We started going through, I was like, whoa, I didn't realize it was as deep as it was. Right. So to do that, that subject is proper credit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to postpone that and do it right. Yeah, that sounds about right to me. Yeah, we can do that. But um, we do have another topic for you. Crazy one. Yeah. The impact of crack cocaine on hip-hop music. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> so, mm. I remember the days before crack. Mm-hmm. I remember the days of crack. Okay. And I remember watching crack not be the big deal that it used to be. Hmm. Okay. You know you and gotta expand on that. Now, the funny thing about that mm. is those errors coincide with hip hop's glory days, mm. hip hop's rise to becoming the mega million dollar, billion dollar industry. Right. And hip hop coming to the place that it is right now. And we're gonna expand on that. Okay. They're parallels. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's go back to the beginning. The first rap records, we talked about that last week. Mm-hmm. You know, late 70s, people are rapping. They're putting it on tape, putting it on albums. Um, by the early 80s, you have hip-hop in its infancy as a radio art form or something that you can go buy in a record store. At this time, crack cocaine has not impacted the world. Okay. Let's talk about what kind of music was happening then. Hmm. What did people talk about? Hmm, let's take a song. They talk about dancing. Yeah. They want to make you dance. It's a lot of that. Sugar Hill Gang want to make you dance. Everybody wanted to be the best MC. Mm-hmm. People talked about how good they were. How- I'm a better rapper than this guy. And how good I look. Right. They talked about looking good. Uh, they wanted to drive nice cars that that hasn't changed, right? Uh, but the music was about fun. I don't think at that time there was any music about anybody getting killed or punched in the face, or might have been a reference to that, but not actually. Yeah, yeah I don't. I don't remember much violence, right? Uh, I don't remember anybody rapping about selling drugs. Mm-hmm. Don't recall that. Right. Here's another thing. Go look at an old Grandmaster Flash album cover. Run DMC album cover. Mm-hmm. The very early, the very first time you see these guys, pre-crack cocaine. Hmm. Where do they stand to take their pictures? Hmm. Right. Abandoned buildings. B-boy stands. Yeah, burned out apartment complexes behind them. Right. Standing in the rubble. Right. This is the imagery associated with hip hop. Absolutely. Pre crack cocaine. Now. I like that term too. <laughs> Pre crack cocaine. <laughs> you know? Okay. So let's fast forward. By 1987, 
Crack is in the streets of New York heavy. Right. 87, 88. What do we start seeing? Hmm. Dookie Rope. Mm-hmm. The big gold chain. Mm-hmm. LL Cool J. Yeah, not just him. Everybody wanted one, you know. Right. Now, this is part of what's going on in hip-hop. Mm-hmm. Um, the bass, that, that big 808, boom. Now, you have to wonder... All this stuff is connected. Why is this music starting to change? Um, the more money people have. <laughs> now, you have to remember, when people start smoking crack, you're creating an, an underground economy. Yes. <clears throat> All of a sudden, this underground economy is supporting the hip-hop community. Right. You know? Banks aren't giving loans to guys to put out rap records. But the streets are. So, hip-hop is starting to look cleaner. EPMD album covers. They got Mercedes, Camaro, gold chains. He's standing in front of the beach. Hmm. You see what I'm saying? Right. Things are starting to change. Right. The content is still about being the best MC. It's never gonna change. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, and still and, and they still wanna make you dance. Right. Right. But now every now and then you hear the reference here and there about people getting shot in the face. <laughs> really? Um the KRS one first album came out. Mm-hmm. The height of the crack era. Right. Uh mm-hmm. nine millimeter. Uh why da da dang why da 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 dang. Listen to my nine millimeter go bang. Whoa. It's 1986, 87. <laughs> Things are changing. Everything. You see what changing. I'm saying? Right. So now already, crack hit the streets. It changed our music that fast. That fast. Violence has been introduced into the music because violence has been introduced to the community in a way that it hadn't before. It's not like there had right. never been violence. I'm not trying to say that. Right. But everything's times 10 now. Mm-hmm. So now you're hearing references about the violence mm-hmm. that you, you didn't hear that before. Right. You're seeing jewelry that you never saw before. Seeing clothes you never saw before. Right. MCM, Louis Vuitton, Gucci. But a lot of that was the record label when you saw it. You know, the record label... Mm, some record labels would, would clothe their artists. Mm-hmm. But the way they were being clothed, the influence mm-hmm. is coming from drug money. Emulating it. Right. Right. How do you even know what, what, what you want these rappers to look like? The record label don't come in saying, we want Salt and Pepper to look like this. Salt and Pepper knew they wanted to look like that. The record label right. is willing to provide a means for it because you see what I'm saying? Right, right, right. <clears throat> Now, fast forward a little bit further. Things are out of control. <laughs> We're in the yes. early 90s. Early 90s. Ooh. Now, yeah. the free money that everybody got in the late 80s, I'm going to say free money because some people went to jail. Right. But now the government is like, yo, this crack is out of control. And all this stuff in the hood is out of control. Mm-hmm. Now, meanwhile... 
during that time period, the drug money has financed all these independent record labels. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to say all of them are financed by drug money, but, but, a lot of them but during this time period, we have money in the community mm-hmm. for this music. And, and we have our own record labels. You know, you got your cold chilling. Um, like I said, payroll records here in Greensboro. I'm not saying that all these are financed by drug money. I'm just saying that during this time period, there was a lot of them. You know, there's money in the community, right? So we're investing in our own product. Mm-hmm. So, um, like even Milk D and MC Light, their mom and daddy own that record label, First yeah, Priority yeah, Records. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Sugar Hill Records is a black lady on that record label. So. You know, we own hip-hop still at this point. But now corporations are coming in and they're seeing the benefit of this. Right. Now, a lot of Rap-A-Lot Records, all these guys, they they started during the Haywire era. You know, early 90s. Mm -hmm. Now you got dudes who have become CEOs of small drug empires. Mm Mm-hmm. They're not just on the block. These guys are millionaires. So it's they have money to make a label really a big deal. You see what I'm saying? Right. A, a Suge Knight, a, a uh, Master P. A Jay Prince, a Master P. You know, yeah. that's where you get these guys from. Right. Because they, they learned how to run a business mm-hmm. in the late 80s. Mm-hmm. And turned Baby. around and applied the knowledge right. in the early 90s. Mm-hmm. And by the end of the nineties, all these guys are multimillionaires. Time time over, you know. Birdman. All these guys. They come from the crack era. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Jay-Z. So now you fast forward a little bit further. Right. The government has started locking all these people up. Hmm. You know, they're hip. They got but Rico he- cases out. They putting people away for twenty years. You know the the era that we were just in. There, a lot of good music came out of that time too. Though. Which which era is that that we just that we were just in the two yeah. thousands and beyond? No, I'm talking about just oh now. oh the nineties. That, yeah. that yeah, the period of the nineties produced a whole lot of good music. Yes, but there was a transition during that period, mm. and a lot of the smaller labels that that carried hip hop early on couldn't compete because the big right. labels got involved. Right. You right. see what I'm saying? The only guys that really held up were the guys that had that major money behind like a rap a lot records. Mm-hmm. Like first priority kind of faded away. Right. You see what I'm saying? Um cold chilling faded away. But these are the the labels that we needed early on. Next plateau faded away. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> as you get into the late nineties, the corporations are now doing the jobs that the record labels used to do. They're putting the music out. Right. Sound is changing again. Right. You see what I'm saying? Always evolving. Right. And what they figured out is that, you know, there was a time when there was a diverse amount of music. When the record labels got involved and they figured out what people were buying the most of, Uh and they pushed people to make more of that type of music. Right. And by now, people are used to the drug lifestyle and they want to hear drug stories. So that's what they're putting out here for people to buy because people are buying it. Meanwhile, a lot of those guys that made all that money on the street getting locked up. So what's happening is 
the people who own the hip hop, hip hop is changing hands. Mm-hmm. You right. know, the streets are losing control right. of hip hop. Lost. It's going over yeah. to a corporate world. During that time, yeah, losing. And that's another thing that coincides with the crack. As you lock these people up and the word gets around that crack will ruin your life, not as many people smoking it. The big drug dealers got so much time that it's not so attractive to even sell it. Mm-hmm. It's not the big deal it used to be. The impact of crack lessens. The number of small independent black record labels lessen. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> the variety of music lessens. Mm-hmm. Because when we're investing in our own music, we know we're the, the people right. who consume it. Right. So we understand that there's an an avenue for we we know our broad tastes. Mm-hmm. Record labels don't. Right. They think we're one thing. Mm-hmm. All we want is guns and hoes. <laughs> that's what they think. Right. So that's what they give us. It's all about the numbers. And since we're not putting our own stuff out, that's all we get. That's all we get. You see what I'm saying? Right. Right. They, and and who would have thought that this coincides with what's going on with drugs? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You don't think about how much that money coming into our community meant to our music. You see what I'm saying? Hell of a sacrifice. <clears throat> yeah, it is because it's just like you know, you know, you know, really don't want either. You know, right. you don't want to have drugs in the community just to have control of your hip hop. But in a way, those things went together. <laughs> the crack money has now dried up. Right. The people who finance. The first videos, the people who financed your first studio time, mm. the people who bought that equipment, right? They help you get going. They're gone. They're locked up. Done. <laughs> and it costs more. And it costs to more. get going, right? So now, how do you get this stuff popping? You sign your whole career away early. Well. well I- I don't know if it's you signed your whole career. Yeah, like, not not necessarily whole career. That was harsh. Yeah, that was harsh yeah. because your career, like you said, has expiration date, and mm-hmm. this is this is a finite moment. Mm-hmm. So I get it. Mm-hmm. I get it. But but that's, that's why I said make sure you know I would make sure mine has an expiration date. Like it's not going to be a situation. True. You know. True. But to bring it back to the money that crack generated being gone from hip hop. Mm-hmm. Has people desperate to finance their dreams? Yes. Yeah. And sometimes a foot in the door can cost more than you can afford. Mm, absolutely. That drug money bought a lot of feet and a lot of doors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now the 360 deal is popular because one of those avenues to get your foot in the door is gone. But, you know, through all of that, what we missed um, was the financial literacy to capitalize off it. Yeah. Because it was enough money invested back into the, and we just using music as an example of, you know, um, this. Um, We're not celebrating drug dealing. Well, I know I <laughs> and you know, I'm just, you know, but it's um yeah, it's a lot, man. This was this was this was um this was a lot. Hey, which brings us to today. 
and where we are now. The impact that crack has today, mm. the money that crack generated is gone. The dudes that provided the money are gone. <laughs> but the legacy, all we got left is people still telling their stories. That's it. Over and over again. Right. So now we have the stories, we have the imagery, mm-hmm. but you don't have the money anymore. Uh, what? Yeah, <laughs> it's true. So you know what yeah. I'm saying. So yeah. the the yeah. that's that's the story of cracking hip hop right there. Right. They they rode. They went to the top together. <laughs> the World Trade Centers fell. Yeah. The money dried up. Man, hip hop went through the hardest time because after they locked the drug dealers up, the record labels went bankrupt. Right. And Dudes discovered SoundCloud and YouTube. It worked. The record labels yeah. came back right. and bought in because <laughs> the drug dealers are still gone. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Right. They found out hip hop was still profitable. Now they back in full swing. And now we don't get the money anymore. <laughs> None of it. But you know, it is some artists out there right now who are financing their own way. And you don't hear about them on... You don't hear them on the radio. Like, you might catch an interview with them or something. That's like what that. the record label is selling. Like, they, they're selling you that you've been doing all this hard work. The reason it's not working out is because you don't have us. But they are working out. And they, I'm saying? They're yeah. successful at it now. They put you know? money in, but, you know, that's a it's a double-edged sword. But what that's, I was going to say is, like, from perception, those guys that I'm talking about, most of them come from drug money. Right. Still now. You yeah. Know? So. Let's talk about, how about young boy NBA? I've been hearing that that he. um Three, three number ones. I'm going to look it up so I can make sure that I had the proper information mm-hmm. on young boy NBA. Because I think his story is going to bring a lot of this home. Okay. He signed a five-album deal mm-hmm. with Atlantic Records for $2 million. Okay. For a guy who may have never become Youngboy NBA, mm-hmm. he got a $2 million hit. He owes five albums. They never sell. You never hear of them. For Youngboy NBA, he has made them that money time and time and time again absolutely over and over again absolutely and he just released album number two in april of 2020 but he he got um he just released another one he got three number one albums oh so that's three he's released the third one already Mm -hmm. so he still owes him two more albums right he signed that deal in 2016 Mm -hmm. that's a long time to work for two million dollars Hell yes. And you're a young boy NBA. But that's just the music money. That's true. But you were talking you know? about the if he signed the three sixty deal then they're gonna have their hand in that too. Let's find out what kind of deal he signed. Okay. Cause if he gets to keep his show money, he should be fine. Mm. They got his masters. Mm. They got his masters. Right. So when you get to be popular like a young boy NBA, your songs playing in NBA games, football mm-hmm. games. Right. 
They might use it in a commercial. HBO show might play it. Yeah. Young Boy NBA doesn't get any of that. They own the masters. Mm-hmm. So that's their stuff. Okay. I'm young boy. Okay, NBA. let's say let's say you young boy NBA. Yes. All right. Um let's I'm gonna use as a reference. Rick Ross. Mm-hmm. Had a Nike contract. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like <laughs> use your platform to get other stuff is what I'm saying. If they gonna put you in a position, you gotta do what you yeah. signed up to do. And I'm with you where I can understand how somebody would sign that deal. But you have to understand if Young Boy NBA mm-hmm. knew that he was gonna be that popping, <laughs> he would never have signed that deal. You know what I'm saying? I can't say that because I don't know if he had never signed that deal if I would have ever heard of him. Hmm. You know? <laughs> now, that's a that's a good topic for another day. <laughs> Do you really need a record label? Hmm. Depends on you. I know there's a lot of people out here, and I hear a lot of good music. A lot of guys drop a lot of good stuff with a lot of good videos on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, in a saturated market, maybe a point to having a record label behind you. Um, independent artists out there who are straight independent, who get the same kind of show money. I assume they get the same kind of show money as the signed artist, and they are rare though. It's not like it's a lot of them. You know, it is some out there, but a lot of them are associated with a record label and they claim independence. Um, but that, that's a, that's why I'll be looking at it. It'll just change your whole situation. It you, will, man. But, you know, if if they gave Youngboy NBA $2 million, let's say he sells $2 million copies of each album. Mm-hmm. And that's $6 million. So, digital medium, you don't have to print up CDs or records and distribute those. So, the distribution is almost free. Two million, yeah, six million copies. They made 60, let's say they brought in $60 million over three albums. He got two of it. If that's how his deal <laughs> <laughs> I mean And he made it You know what I'm saying Like so Yeah uh, It's tough I mean two million dollars Is a lot of money And it's a foot in the door But you're gambling On yourself At this point Yeah You know And you know A lot of athletes Find themselves In the same position And That cushion I mean and, uh, I don't want anybody To think that I'm condoning Drug money or selling drugs, anything. We're just talking about the reality of the situation. Right. There was a cushion that having that type of money in the community, um, you know, provided in the early days. Right. But you didn't have to go out here and, and do that. A lot of people did anyway, because even though we own our own labels, though we learned how to how to run these labels from larger record labels. So, you know. Even within our own community, we still gave each other bad deals. With the exception of like Master P, he looked out for his artists. Every one of them. Yeah, he made sure they got paid. And that's, you know, that's how it should have been across the board. But a lot of artists, you know, 
they, they they caught a bad one early on. Even with all that drug money floating around, you know, where they got them was the legacy that we remember, you know, because, you know, the corporation hadn't picked up on it yet. Rap wasn't coming on the radio all day. The only way we're going to get Eric Ben Rakim and all these guys is, is you know, the, the hip-hop community provided that to us. It wasn't the major labels that, right. that put those guys on our radar. But I, I think that... Um you know, it's 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 almost like a double-edged sword, and what I mean by that is, you know, because like you said, on one hand, it was able to do this for the community, and on the other hand, it did this to the community. It destroyed the community, right? And, but built hip hop. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm That's saying? Sweet. Like a, and even down to you know the way the music sound, it was made. Because like people had money to put loud stereos in their car, mm-hmm. you need something that's gonna be heard when you come up. You know what I'm saying? Patty LaBelle don't sound the same as Public Enemy, right? Coming through two 12-inch woofers. You right. see what I'm saying? The music was made for everything that go with that culture. And yeah, man, it's the shame that that's lost, but it's also great that that's lost because nobody want to be dealing with crackheads. The way we had to deal with crackheads all over again. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't want that back either. We're just talking about the reality of the situation. I'm not asking for it back. You know, I'm just saying, you know, yeah. Yeah, and I'm not saying that this drug money made any of these rappers rich. By no means. It just financed the door opening process. Mm -hmm. It's hard, man. Like, I'm a DJ. And when I started DJing, there were no computers involved in this. But to get started, if you really want to be a quality DJ, you you might want two twelve hundreds. They cost five hundred five hundred fifty dollars a piece. Mm-hmm. Six hundred by the time you finish all the tax. So there it is. You spent twelve hundred dollars in mixers. Another two hundred fifty dollars easily. So now you fourteen hundred fifty dollars in the hole. Mm-hmm. Who got that? Hmm. You see what I'm saying? Right. Nobody got that. Right. Nobody's walking around in the late 80s with $1,400 in their pocket, but drug dealers. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Right. But if you get a hold of your mama's turntable and the right drug dealer here, you dead going to plan around the records. You got two 1200s coming. <laughs> <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Right, I got It's you. like, yo, man, somebody get this kid some 12s so we can have some parties. Right. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> Who throwing the parties? <laughs> <laughs> And you know, so all of this stuff was connected. You know, all this stuff was connected. The money to finance the early days that made us love hip hop so much, man. Unfortunately, a lot of a lot of that was connected directly to the drug game. Right. When the drug game faded, when the drug game, when people started getting killed and all that stuff was out of control, the hip hop parties kind of started to change. People don't party like they used to because people got shot back in the days. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. As the drug scene got wild, the hip hop scene got wild. Right. When they changed it over, the hip hop scene changed it over. When, when the way we used to party was one way, and then everything went to the strip clubs. That's all people make now is mu- music Jones, to shake your butt MC. to. You see what I'm saying? Like they, <laughs> wherever the culture goes is where right. the music goes. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? It's crazy. Yeah, man. I'm I'm glad this crack is over with though. Yeah. 
It's not over with. I know it's not over with. You still got drug money out here, but I'm trying to tell you, anybody that's alive right now and think that this is the heyday of drug dealing mm-hmm. was not alive in the in the eighties. Or the nineties. Or the nineties. Yeah. yeah, that that was some that's other crazy. stuff going on. You right. understand? The nineties was like a mesh of it all. Yes indeed. Yeah. And that the music, man, it was so much varieties of music. That came out in the 90s and it was all still hip hop rap. Right. But it was so many different ones. Like it was crazy. So many different styles. Yeah, you don't you don't get that variety anymore. Mm-hmm. And and I can't think like people who work like, you know, people who go to work every day for their money mm-hmm. are not as likely to just throw it behind a kid on two turntables. Right. Or a guy with a microphone in his they didn't seen it before. Basement. You see what they I'm saying? Yeah. Right, because you know, you you spend differently when you earn differently. So mm-hmm. yeah, man, it's that the 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 benefactors, the early benefactors of hip hop, that money's dried up. Things have changed. You know? But yeah. that's not the only reason rap changed, but it's one of them, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was a dope one. <laughs> Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's one of the reasons, man. And we seen it happen. Right. Live and in the flesh. That's the crazy part about it. You know, it. I can honestly say, man, that, um, yeah, a lot of equipment and whatnot. There's so much in my career wouldn't have happened without, and I'm not saying I was out selling drugs. I'm just saying the drug money that flowed through hip hop, right. I can't even imagine having been able to do a lot of what I was able to do. Yeah. Like, had it not been like, for. What, how, how did it affect you directly? Um, Cause you what, what? How old? I am forty eight years old right now. I mean, then yeah. Oh, so when I first started DJing, yeah, this is the eighties, and yeah, we didn't we didn't have the money either, and I didn't I didn't have a drug dealer benefactor. How old? So I didn't have new turntables and new equipment and stuff. And as I got older, every probably every major upgrade. To my equipment over a period of ten years or so was mm-hmm. a drug dealer that pitied for me. <laughs> like this dude is doing artists. work with this raggedy ass shit. <laughs> <laughs> Let me help him. <laughs> Let me help this dude out, man. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, like, and that's and that's straight up. You know what I'm saying? And I appreciate, like, you know, I hate, you know, I hate to think that somebody had to smoke crack. For this stuff But Where are those guys now Where's your first Benefactor right now He got locked up For a long time man You know He's out now though Okay But he went away For about 20 Damn Yeah I think they gave him 20 He might have stayed gone For about 12 (laughs) Mm. Gone That's a long time Yeah Yeah Matter of fact He He got me some equipment And probably never Was around to see How much I did with it Right You know what I'm saying he ever ask you for anything? Nope. When he got out, he um still had some equipment. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, here's the thing. With, with with this particular dude, he said um he was kind of a, he was an aficionado himself. You know what I'm saying? So he was like, hey, man, anything you need, I'm going to cop this, this or that. But, right. you know, when he went to jail and they were trying to pay legal fees and stuff, then whatever I had. I donated back to the family so they could sell it and get his legal fees together. Okay. You know what I'm saying? But then when he got out, he still had a little bit of stuff. 
Still, like he still had some turntables and mixed boards and stuff that had been sitting away all that time. Like, well, some of that stuff is timeless, you know. Like two turntables, you used them forever. Mm. Regular old mix boy, used that forever. I ain't seen nobody use a turntable. Everybody I see using a computer. Uh, I use them every weekend. Ooh. Yeah, I use real turntables, man. Oh, uh, word. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I got it connected to the computer, but yeah, yeah, I got to have them turntables, man. Oh wow! Yeah, I take actual record players. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, man, shoot. You know how I many? You know how long? You know how long it took me to get turntables? <laughs> I ain't gonna ever let them things go. Yeah, they last forever. You, you know carry what I'm saying? Records. Mm, I don't carry any actual records. Just the ones I need to run the Serato. Okay. You know? Okay. Yep. I got but, you. But me personally, no, nah, I never I never sold drugs to <laughs> I ain't never financed a hip hop record with drug money. We talking about other folks. You <laughs> <laughs> was just a recipient. Hey, matter of fact, I can't say for sure that I've ever received anything. I'm just I'm just saying I knew some people who there was a rumor that they yeah. had been involved in this stuff. Okay. okay. And when they decided to show up with this stuff, they didn't say I sold drugs and bought this stuff. Here you go. Right. You see what I'm saying? Right. So no. I, I, yeah, I'm just I'm just yeah. thinking that now, twenty years later, maybe was, maybe they was involved in something illegal. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Clean it up. Good job. Yeah, I'm, you know. <laughs> Set your limitation up, man. <laughs> yeah, that's why I said twenty years ago. <laughs> right. All that long time ago. Mm-mm. How was um to bring it back to um I hate to go back to episode one, but how was it to uh, the radio back then? Oh, they know you know what? Here's one thing that I did notice. Um, you know, a lot of the the a lot of drug cats around town they finance a lot of local artists too. You know what I'm saying? Because like right. these cats, they not they don't have anybody supporting them. If it's a dude that can burn on the mic, mm-hmm. then you know. Guy got the money. He's like, "Yo, I'm gonna put this music out." Right. So, yeah, there was a lot of a lot of street cats, man. Um, finance the independent labels, independent artists, especially in my days on the radio. You know, mm-hmm. the, if, if it was a good artist and he was able to actually put a record out on wax, he either worked really, really hard, saved a whole lot of money, or somebody in the streets behind that. So you know, take payments to play records back then. No, I never asked nobody for nothing because when you ask somebody for money, you take money to mm-hmm. play a record. Mm-hmm. You have to play it. Yeah, I ain't have to play nothing, <laughs> and I didn't want to have to play nothing. Okay. okay, okay. I want you to to have to be responsible for giving me something good enough to play. If I take your money to play it, you can give me anything you want, and I got to play it. And if I'm playing any old thing for money, then nobody trusts me. My word ain't right. nothing. Right. So if I come on and say this record hot, okay. who going to believe me if right. just last week I played some garbage right. that I got paid to play mm-hmm. and told you that was hot? It right. was some hot garbage. Mm-hmm. So me personally... I don't do that because I want you to trust me when I tell you it's hot. Right. I'm telling you it's hot because it's really hot. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I knew a lot of cats that were scared to tell a street cat that they can't play this because it ain't good enough. Mm-hmm. 
But I found that people appreciate the honesty because I'm not saying I won't play your music at all. Mm -hmm. I'm saying bring me something different. Mm. You how see what you I'm say, saying? How, how do you say that to an artist? Well, <clears throat> the artist usually it's easier to tell that to than the street cat who financing. Okay. So, but it, it goes usually goes like this. Hey, that's what's up. That's nice. But you trying to break out here in North Carolina. Here go the three problems I usually found with, with the music that would make me tell somebody something like this and say, hey, there's either a sound quality issue. Mm -hmm. So when I play this next to the last Neptune's Eclipse record that came out, mm -hmm. it sounds, doesn't sound like it's of the same quality. So you got to get it mastered and engineered properly. Right. And that's for both of our sakes. And, you know, people appreciate that. Because, like, yo, I'm letting you know now. I'm giving you quality control from the jump. Like, hey, you got to fix the quality. Right. For your sake and for my sake. Right. So that when I play it, it's good enough. And when, and when people hear it, they can say, hey, this guy's got something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The second thing is I can tell the artist got something but I need a different style of music to be able to fit it into my show you might have five songs they want to push one I hear something else that's going to work for me a little bit better then I'm going to push them towards the one that's going to work for me you see what I'm saying mm -hmm. if they pay me then I can play the one that works for you but I don't want you to pay me to play the one that works for you. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Right. Because, you know, I usually, I've done enough research here. I'm playing music every weekend. know what kind of music people are going to want. A lot of times, the people financing the music don't have the best ear for music. Mm -hmm. So, you know, your your honest input is golden. Right. And the third thing is, there's little things like, haven't been fine-tuned yet, you know. Um, you know. I've had guys bring stuff in where the bars, you know, first verse, 16 bars, second verse, four bars, third verse, 12 bars. You know, you need a certain consistency and continuity, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, sometimes just some... Structure. Yeah, a certain amount of structure. Mm -hmm. So, you know, those are the things I would tell people about and be like, hey, just, just bring me something... Bring me something different Or let me get this song mm -hmm. Clean it up mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying Another thing I require to people Have it available For people to purchase mm -hmm. If I'm going to play it on the radio It's not going to do you any good If people like it And can't go buy it Right So I prefer that you You know Have a way for people to purchase it mm -hmm. And that way You can actually get something Out of me playing it on the radio Right You know what I'm saying They'll go to the record store And look for it Right well, they would back in the day. Now they might look up a download. Right. Or stream it. Right. Yeah. Right. So, but yeah, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't hard to talk to people because I wasn't saying, I'm not going to play this. This trash. You know, I'm really giving constructive advice and I'm giving you an avenue to get back here and I put it on for you. Mm -hmm. And I ain't never, never fronted on nobody. Right. You know, and never asked nobody for a dime. And you um, talk about a song being played on the radio and for that um you know the the guy in his hood making music right now and he found a plug to be able to put his uh, song on the radio 
how can he uh, make sure he good if it is played on the radio? You saying for the guy that that got the plug? Yeah, well, it's his song, but he got it on the radio. And how can he what? Make sure that he's good, you know, because it's all a numbers game. It's all about the money. Mm, it's tough, man. You need you need a whole lot to to stay in the public eye. Like right now, people. That's that question you asked. Let's talk about Wiz Khalifa for a minute. Okay. He ain't hot right now because of his music, but he's still kind of relevant. He keep popping up. Mm-hmm. He ain't made nothing you want to listen to lately. Right. It's been years. Right. You see what I'm saying? Right. But he stays. Like people right now react to so much other than what kind of music you're putting out. So I guess for somebody like that today to stay popping, make sure that you're doing every, all the other things too. You have to stay busy nowadays. You know, um, people could accept not seeing you for a week in 1995. Not now. Can't not see you for a week. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, you know, so if you if you get lucky enough to get a song on the radio in an area, man, you got to bombard that area with everything you got. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, if they playing your song in Rocky Mount, you need to be in Rocky Mount mm. every weekend mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying being seen like you know grassroots is still real right you know what I'm saying and it still it still means something yeah I believe in that too yeah yeah even in 2020 I still believe in it yeah it's still it's still working out here man everybody that you know that gets something going like what happens is the grassroots brings you to the attention of these major labels mm-hmm. and they see the 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 momentum building that you got going. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And they know that for the most part, if they're even approaching you, they know if they don't approach you, you're going to do your thing anyway. That's why they're approaching you. Right. You see what I'm saying? Right. And they're not going to sit there and spend time trying to make it not happen for you. They're going to move on to the next guy. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, it's it's a gamble, man. You know? If you really, if you really believe you got something, then and you gamble on yourself, that two million turn into sixty right quick. Right. It's crazy. It was a, it was a lot tonight, man. Was yeah. Crazy, yeah, yeah, yeah. We talking about crack, y'all. Yeah, man. <laughs> but yeah, that was, a, yeah, that was, yeah, that was all real though. Giving the outro. Outro. Hey, look, next week we're going to have our stuff together, man, because we got to tell you about all these, like, North Carolina musicians and what we have created and put out here. You know, people don't understand how much how much influence we have in this world, mm-hmm. in the world of music right now. So we're going we're gonna to do them their proper due next week. Right. You know what I'm saying? I even called around and talked to folks. I'm like, hey, man, you know, I want to know – Stuff that I didn't know about before I started talking about it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I've been checking with the sources. <laughs> I get it. Indeed. So next week, man, we're gonna hit them in the head with that. And listen, I hope y'all I hope y'all enjoy everything we're talking about. And um, you know, we ain't trying to be too controversial. None of what we say is the law. Hmm. It's yeah. just one part of the story. 
you know so don't accuse me of saying that hip hop was built on crack or none of that foolishness <laughs> I'm just saying it's part of the story that's all I know there's right. plenty of other plenty of other influences and reasons that music is the way it is so this is just one we got 8 million stories and we'll be back next week with another one absolutely right on capital city capital J I'm out come on man